what up you guys welcome to the anointed sinners podcast a podcast about a sinner myself that's been anointed by the holy one to do what i do on this podcast what do i do on this podcast discuss my walk with christ with other believers this is not a debate just a discussion all right you guys so um about a month ago i put up a post on instagram which is kind of have a how i get a filler of what people are looking for as far as discussions that people don't talk about enough so i put up a question of what does the church what doesn't the church talk about and my good friend my buddy old pal friend for a very long time lexi said awkward sex and you know I agree. We out here Christians having a lot of awkward sex. A lot of it. <laughs> and um, it's crazy because she that she brought it up because we're in a generation right now. I feel like we're in the Christian culture. You date somebody for probably three months and everybody's like, when are you going to get engaged? And then when you're dating them, y'all are practicing no sex before marriage. And then you get engaged and you still don't talk about sex because you think it's going to be a trap. I know I thought I was going to be trapped because my husband is a smooth talker. So I knew <laughs> if he got me in a room by, by myself with those caressing words, I'd be done for. So we didn't talk about it. And then you get to good old marriage counseling and they're like, oh, how is sex? What do you think about sex? And everybody's like, oh, it's good. It's great. I'm going to have lots of it all the time. And then, <laughs> You know, you might get a lot on that honeymoon. You might even get a not, you're not getting that on the wedding night, you guys. It was too busy for a wedding night to get anything in. Nobody so you guys, <laughs> exactly. Nobody so, that part. <laughs> so if you expected your first night to be on the wedding night and it be popping, either y'all have a lot of energy, you're high, or you're just special because ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time. Weddings are event for everybody else you and, and for you to look back with pictures that's about it but it's okay still have them they're fun um but after the wedding night and honeymoon it gets really awkward um for you Lexi how did you stumble upon this awkward sex because I remember when you were dating Daniel and when you were engaged we talked about this and you're like you know we vibing you feel me like we ain't gonna have no problems you feel me like most of us <laughs> like most of us how boy you- was I wrong <laughs> how so, did you find out about this awkward sex so Dan and I are a little different because we got married before we were supposed to get married right or before we yes yes so, tell the tell the people about your two two marriage two weddings in one two marriages in one so basically my husband and I engaged we went to this worship night here in Columbia South Carolina and it was beautiful it was a great worship night and then all of a sudden the pastor makes a call for baptism now myself and my husband separately have been baptized twice the first time you know because most people that's how you join a church for him he didn't want to go to hell that's what his church told him you don't want to go to hell get baptized at a young age you're hell you don't want to go to hell so you get baptized then we both made a decision for jesus in our college years they're like oh it ain't about hell, it's about Jesus. And then we got baptized. Gotcha. So the pastor gets on stage and he makes this introduction of, hey, if Jesus has done anything in your life, you want to get baptized. And it was like this weird thing where like I couldn't deny what I felt. Like it was like, bro, I feel like 
feel like I need to get baptized. And so me and Holy Spirit having this whole conversation because I'm like, bro, we was already baptized twice. Why well, need to get baptized again? And Holy Spirit was very loud. It was like, get baptized. I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll be baptized. So I get changed only to find out that Daniel was also getting baptized. I said, like, oh, this is dope. We both about to get baptized. This is beautiful. What the heck? And so Dan gets in the baptism pool and the pastor is prophesying and I'm weeping because it was like a very Holy Spirit filled moment. And then he invites me to get into the pool too. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. So then he starts prophesying over to both of us. And then he goes, and Dan, I'm gonna have to see this video so you can like put this part in. But then he, there's this part in our video where he like, you can literally see the Holy Spirit talking to him. And he's like, we here now. Holy Spirit said, y'all about to get baptized right here and now. And we were like, what? Oh my God. And it was a beautiful moment. Jesus was there. We got married a whole month and a half early than what the plan was. Our wedding date was September 27th. Yep, September 27th. We got married on August 8th. It was beautiful. We were at church for a full seven hours. 130 people got baptized that night. It was ridiculous. So now it's like, we're, so we married, right? So does that mean we we can do we can do the do? So we did the do, and it was interesting. It was one of those things where it was just like, so this is allowed, but it yeah. used to do it with my in laws. Mm-hmm. So then it was like another extra layer of like awkward. Awkward. Just like, okay, so how do you maneuver through this? Right. Um. Because like you said, in our premarital, we literally, we did Simba save your marriage before it starts, which is a really, really dope thing. Shameless plug. And in it, like you talk, obviously talk about sex and our thought process was, bro, we all have sex every day. What you mean? All day, every day. All day, every day. In-laws ain't home. We get it. Listen, bro, get it in. They sleep. We get it. That wasn't the case. Like we started off and it was a smooth once a month, if that, because it was the fact that we live with our in-laws, yep. we all on the same floor. So what the heck, what, what do I'm not trying. I've lived in a house where I've heard my mother having sex. I don't want to have, I don't, I don't, I, I don't. Yeah. You know, don't. that. I didn't know the single floor thing, you know, living in those ranches, there's no space. Well, I'm, it was a, it was a double floor, but where our room was, was on the same uh, floor. Like they was yeah. just on the other side of the house, but it was still on the same floor. Very awkward, very awkward. Yes, and then my brother-in-law lived in the house as well, and he lived right above us. Like his room was directly above so us. So basically, room. if you were going to have sex, it was going to be real quiet. <laughs> like, right. Right. And so it was just it was the awkward tension of, oh, this is this is interesting. And for whatever reason, I just didn't have the desire, which is weird because before marriage, and no one talks about this, right? Yes. Before marriage, it's like, bruh, bruh, can we just get married now? Like yeah. I just I'm just trying to figure you out. Just, like, it should be like so we get some <laughs> I can't we engage now. I was like, no, okay. And then you get married and it's just like well. I don't. We've done it, and it's been great. And uh, you know, I see you when I see you. You feel me? Like you know, that was great. All right, dap it up and keep it moving. And so it's just it's maneuvering through. And now here we are. We're 
going in on about to be three years in August. And we're still maneuvering through the tension. Like we had, um, I was telling Jada earlier this week, um, we realized that we were communicating to each other through past traumas without realizing it. So like when we were dating, we talked about a lot of things, but didn't realize that it's not enough to just talk about your past traumas. Like you really got to deal with them things because you unintentionally react in certain ways without trying to right to past traumas so like for me dan and i would have a disagreement and because my past experience was oh if i tell you how i feel it automatically brings an argument i would prevent try to prevent those arguments with dan by um not telling him how i really felt or just shutting down rather than mm-hmm. having discussions and because right. of that there was like this tension that we didn't realize we were creating ourselves because we were treating each other by our past traumas. So we literally had a conversation about a week ago of just like, hey, we need to deal with this. So we literally wrote down like all the things that like we've dealt with in our past traumas that we didn't realize. And I encourage anybody to do this exercise because it's, it's necessary because in reality, Jesus died on the cross to free us, yet we allow ourselves to still live in the bondage that he freed us from. So we literally wrote down all the things that were keeping us bound and then literally burnt them. Like a friend of mine has a fire. My arsonist, so that would be a perfect Listen, release. Listen, let me tell you something. I like to burn it, things. Yes, my we did it at my friend's house and her husband was like, Lexi, let me know if you're not comfortable. So the issue is I'm real comfortable. So <laughs> this is this she's is like, you got any past traumas you need me to burn right. to? Right. I can write it down and burn it for you. Right, I got you. But it honest, it was the craziest thing because although it was spiritual, I reacted physically. Like I literally, while this stuff was burning, felt in my heart. Like I literally, my friend was like, you good? I was like, yeah, bro. Like I literally am learning to breathe again mm-hmm. because you live with so much weight and you get you start functioning in your dysfunction and so the moment that that dysfunction is removed you're like oh i'm different yeah so it's, yeah so um what change do you think because like you you said how you know all of us typically when we're dating and we're engaged we're like oh yeah we're gonna have tons of sex all the time and then you get married and like within maybe you have like a honeymoon phase and you know you might have sex maybe a lot for like the first three months Mm -hmm. and then after that you settle into whatever rhythm has become your new rhythm and like for me in general like recently me and Matt me and Brandon have been married for going on four years in March so I feel like every year of our marriage, we've had new things to overcome. Um, I started off year one, like I ain't trying to get pregnant no matter what. So (laughs) I straight up went on birth control before we even got married. I'd never been on birth control a day in my life. So I never knew the effects of birth control to my body. And nobody tells you that. Exactly. So I did it. And then I obviously didn't even realize the effects it was having because I wasn't having sex yet. And then when we started having sex, I realized I, I started having side effects from that. And then I tried like several different other ones. And I'm like, I really just don't want to get pregnant this early. So I felt like we had to keep birth control in the loop. And then we realized that birth control was not going to be the solution for us because my body just doesn't agree with 
various different birth control. So and then, most women don't realize their bodies, your body actually doesn't want birth control. But no one really talks about that. But that's a, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I didn't know that. Thank you for that tidbit. You guys' body don't want that stuff. It doesn't want it. It don't want it. So year two of our marriage, um, we're, we're just now learning. We were like trying to learn our sexual appetites, what we like, what we don't like. And that was a whole journey as well, because for me, for most people that don't know, I grew up dating women my whole life. So, and then I did have encounters with men, encounters meaning sexual encounters. I did have them with men, but most of it was just to satisfy society standard of like, did you try it all before you decided? Yeah, did you, before you decided to love the woman? Yes, (laughs) I did. (laughs) I tried it all. Oh, uh, I did. I did. It, it won't for me. So <laughs> um, trying to explain to him what I liked was also a challenge just because I feel like women understand women. So it's like not a lot to communicate there. It's like, mm-hmm. you already know what I like, girl. I like what you, you got like. What I okay. got. Yeah, exactly. You might um, want to like, like the same thing. Exactly. And then also, I feel like in the church community, we don't, other women don't teach other women that it's okay to explore your body. I feel like for young women, I know at least for me growing up, because you can tell me if you this was your experience growing up, everybody said no sex before marriage, no sex before marriage. And that's all that I heard. And then it was like, you know, present yourself in a modest way that doesn't give the men the concept, you know, the, the, um, the desire to, to want you passionately where it, you could cross the line. So it was like, always like, keeping us in bondage and bundled up and having to be like always on guard for this like sexual desire that might come up so I never really explored my own body to know what I didn't didn't like so year two I got this man that wants me to like tell him how I like to do things and I'm just like that's a good question I don't I don't even know how to figure that out so year two was a lot was that your experience like Growing up, did you mm-hmm. were, were you encouraged to explore your body, or was it more like keep it under lock and key and let your husband unlock that territory later on? It honestly wasn't talked about. So mm-hmm. my family, I didn't grow up in a Christian household, so like, um, it just is it, it is what it, like I never had the sex talk with my parents. It was it was like to this day I am twenty eight years old and I've never had the sex talk. It was always don't let people touch you inappropriately that was it nothing more nothing less well what would be inappropriate you guys <laughs> right <laughs> like did you define it like what do we uh, hugs are hugs inappropriate i don't know kissing the like, cheek is that inappropriate <laughs> right and that's no fault <clears throat> to my parents i i just think they did the best they knew how the issue was i was growing up with neighbors who were more than willing to explain. So like <laughs> at a very young age, I was playing house and when you play house, you do what the mommies and daddies do. And so because I didn't know yeah. what was happening. What the line was. You right. were just playing, so, you were out here playing house. You was right. being mommy. So, exactly. So like at six, seven years old, I'm like kissing on this boy because that's what you're supposed to do. And no one told you what that boundary was correct and I like now that I'm older and aware my friends growing up was being molested without realizing it 
Mm. Like, and so because of what they were exposed to, they were exposing me to the same thing. Gotcha. Why that's deep. Was essentially being molested and molesting other people without realizing that's what was happening because you're playing house. This is how you play. We play house. Whether it's a guy and a girl or it's a girl and a girl, it don't matter. We play in house. This is what house looks like. And so- That's crazy that like house- quote unquote, was like the code for your understanding of sexuality. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Because for me and my growing up, I had an older brother that lived in, lived with us and he had porn in the house. And, mm-hmm. you know, us being nosy little kids, you know, at like eight or 10, we're like, you know, trying to be grownups and we're watching this stuff. And it never seemed appeasing to me. It seemed aggressive. <laughs> mm. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, but it's clinching my pearls. <laughs> there was, this is just it's pounding it. She's yelling it. He's yelling it. <laughs> she clearly doesn't like what's happening. You gotta stop. Somebody stop the madness. <laughs> so that's real. So my mom was like a very sex positive person. She, she always made it like like New Year's Eve. I can remember when I had a New Year's Eve party. Everybody was like, "Oh, Miss Kathy, how you gonna bring in the New Year?" She said, "Girl, I'm have sex." And I'm just like, all my friends thought it was like hilarious. Like, but that's all mine. But you like, liar. Yeah, she was like always sex positive about my parents' sex life, right? But she never like sat down and told me like, like when you have sex, it's supposed to be pleasing between both of you guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, you should learn what, what makes you tick. You know what I'm saying? And like, this is how you go about doing that or whatever the case. I feel like no woman has had that conversation. If there is a mother out there that has taught their daughter how to make herself tip, bless you, because it is something that they need to know about. However, it's like a fine line, right? Because another awkward position for women in, or just kids in general in um, Christian households is it's like, they don't want you to have sex, right? And, but they don't want to tell you too much about sex. And then, but they don't want you to not know how to please yourself. So it's like, so you want me not to do this really good thing right now? I got it. But I have all this stuff working up inside me. And then like, I feel like for dudes, they're told, do what you got to do to get it out. Right. Do whatever right. you got to right. do. That pent up energy is unnecessary. It's right. not healthy. But women, it's like, we have energy too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not just like there's no like passcode that like once we're married, do 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 do. Now this energy is unlocked, and like the right. man has like this this rule book that God has given him to like figure out how to please us. Like that's not the case. So I'm in year two of marriage, and this you know lovely man wants to like give me all the woos and woes and like sex, and he's like, "Girl, let me know what you like," and I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> I, I don't, I don't okay, know. As good as mine, bro. But I think that's what it's supposed to be, but no one talks about that because unfortunately you have men who have like, and we're just going to say the word, been masturbating their entire life. And there's this unrealistic level of pleasing themselves. And so now it's just like, you know what pleases you, but in reality, I'm going to be real honest with you, brother, man. <laughs> I can't do that. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't the number of times that you do that for yourself, I don't even want to try and meet that. Right. Like, and so and now it's unrealistic expectation. So now we come to the bedroom and it's just like, I'm sorry. 
category. I'm sorry, my buddy doesn't work like that. Right. Um, and so Dan yeah. and I actually had that conversation recently um, of like, what does it look like? What I, I told him the best way I can put it, I was like, bro, I feel like a virgin again. I've been having sex since I was 18. Crazy. 10 years. I've been having sex for 10 years now. Okay. Now there's the time in this 10 year time frame when five of those years, nothing was happening. Okay. Nothing. But it's just like, my ex was my first. And yep. so he taught me what I knew. Right. But I still knew nothing. Yeah. I just, I just knew I, when I went in sex, I could get it. Yeah. And then I got it. Yeah. But now that I'm married, it has a different, I don't know what makes it different, but it's it's just different. So it's just different. yeah. <laughs> so like when so like yeah, we we got we're moving through year two and like we're trying to figure out what works, and you know we're still figuring it out. But then we shift focus. We're like year three, we want to have a baby, so we try to have a baby, and I have a baby now. Thank praise God. So yeah. we go through like baby making season, and there with that sex, it's like a goal. It's like mm-hmm. you got you, you. We're trying to make a human, so let's do it as much as possible. And then yeah. it becomes a task, and it's not very fun. And then mm-hmm. you have the baby, and now my body's different, and now I'm having to relearn myself all over again. I'm like, man, I was like, you got bigger boobs. What do we do with these things? I don't want to hit you in the face with a splat of milk. Like, <laughs> I got a fupa. You don't think it's a fupa, but I think it's a fupa. So it's like it's a whole different level of of stuff. And I think that, like how you were saying that you feel like a virgin again, I think that different is different when you had sex in college or when you were dating because you guys didn't have, you weren't shared a life yet. You know what I'm saying? Where like now you have a shared life. Like you guys see each other day in and day out. You don't have planned times to have immense amount of sex. You don't have that separation where you have like that time to miss each other and build up that anticipation and have all that, you know, sexual tension. There's none of that. I literally wake up, I see you, you're the same, you look the same like you did when I went to sleep. Right. You know what I'm saying? You ain't even change your clothes. You feel me? Right. And then, you know, we're in COVID, so we're home even more together. There's no time for you to go to work and me be like, oh, I wonder what did she wear today? Like, did she wear those, that lacy underneath? Like, I don't right. know. No, that's like, facts. That's facts. Like, I already see you enough. And then there's also like the weight of every day. Like my friend, my best friend the other day, we were talking about sex the other day. And she was saying like how she has so many things in her mind that she doesn't even think about sex. And I was like, and he's like, how do you not think about sex? And she was like, do you ever go to the bathroom and not have toilet paper? And he was like, no. She's like, it's because I'm thinking about it. And I was like, <laughs> that's true though. Like it's as, so true. as a woman, like we're like, do we have enough toilet paper? Do we have enough paper towel? Did we clean the bathroom? Did, did we have dinner for tonight? Do we have groceries for tomorrow? We have to buy such and such a gift. We have to do this this weekend. So we're thinking about all this other stuff. We're not thinking about sex at all. And right. then like, I don't know how guys have so much time to think about it, but they got a miserable amount of time to think about it because they're always down and ready to go. And you're like, well, why don't you think about the toilet tissue dang? You don't want to spend the most time in the bathroom. <laughs> Back. Come on, son. That is fact. Come on. <laughs> help me. <laughs> help me help you help us. Right. Right. But yeah. I mean, it is is definitely different living with somebody 
Um, and I think that plays a big part in the awkward sex of marriage, especially within the Christian community, because we now have a layer of consistent visibility of this person. And I think for men, it heightens them, heightens their sexual desire for us. Because they're like, oh, I see her do all these. Like, I don't think that me doing dishes is incredibly sexy. I don't think it's sexy at all. But for some reason, that's when you, you feel the mood to make a move. And I'm like, <laughs> I got soapy hands and dirty dishes. I'm in a task. <laughs> Man. You coming up behind me trying to seduce me is not the time. <laughs> but it's so good. And that's know? what we talked about. Because for Dan, it was a, every time I try to make a move, it seemed like you don't want to. Babe, in my mind, you never make a move. what is your definition of making a move that's good because we don't and that's what happens we never talk about things right and so now because we both were on the same page we're gonna have sex every day we expected it to just happen and then when it didn't just happen because let's be real back in the day when we was out here living in sin it did just happen like i've never had to have a conversation with my ex like all right, bro, what are we about to do? Like, it would just happen. Yeah. But because now of all the points that you shared, it doesn't just happen. And so now there needs to be this conversation that we never had until a week ago. We about to be married for three years and we just had this conversation a week ago. Like, what does it, what, please. What's your moves like? What is your move? Do I what like your moves? moves? <laughs> are your moves effective? <laughs> and we're still having this real, com- real life, like today, like we're still having this real life conversation of like, what does this look like when yeah. you're in the mood? What does what is that? What is that? Yeah, yeah. When you want me to be in the mood, what what is what is the atmosphere have to what, do, what, right. what atmosphere do you have to curate for me to want to be in right? This and it's that, those awkward conversations that we don't think is necessary, it's but it, it's one hundred percent necessary. If you want to have sex with your spouse, you have to talk about it. And Unfortunately, like, yeah. And I feel like yes. even for marriage counseling, like. I had this idea in my head that I was going to be able to meet my husband's sex drive whenever we got married. I just felt like God, for some reason, was going to implant in me this fire-burning desire that I already had for him, but just amplify it in my actions and be able to just bust it wide open all the time. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) And then it didn't happen. (laughs) The society makes it unrealistic society you got songs like WAP you just think it's gonna be like this all the time bro that is you unreal. just on it you just <laughs> on it this is that is not real life okay yeah. I'm sorry Katie, Cardi B and Meg the Stallion I don't know what life y'all live in that's not the life that I live okay? you know what's funny I was talking to my husband about we had this conversation about like do they do we think they really busted out the way that they say they busted out I don't feel like they do they might. I, I don't. I do, and I don't believe it. I don't because they are extremely busy, right? Like I feel like looking at everything they do, it takes time to get there. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as like recording your songs, going to your concerts. You know, Cardi B is a part of a whole bunch of campaigns. Megan Thee Stallion is about a whole bunch of campaigns. I'm surprised how Cardi B even got pregnant. I don't. I don't even see how that happened, but whatever. But they also have a lot of assistance. Cardi B ain't thinking about no toilet tissue. Because she knows somebody is filling that up in her house. So she she got think, time to think about it. She got time to think about it. He got time oh. to think about it. Because Whoa. they got, you know what I'm saying? They got they pay people to think about the stuff we think about. Right. Exactly. So in a way, they might they might have the walk and they might be busting it open every time they're ready to go. 
However, I don't have an assistant and I'm not paying nobody for this. So I don't have the time of day for this. Um, And like, so, and another thing, like when the conversation you need to have about sex, we were in marriage counseling, our um, pastor that we did our marriage counseling with emphasized how much, because Brandon, when we got, when we started dating Brandon, was a christian but wasn't following christian lifestyle like he 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 followed the morals of like obviously don't kill nobody don't cheat don't lie all that kind of stuff but as far as like actively practicing his faith as far as like when he dates people not having sex my man was was out here he was doing what he had to do you know what i'm saying he was he was making sure that fire did not burn out he was right. reflaming it you know <laughs> yeah he was doing it so i met him and i was just like yep no sex so I don't know how you I don't know how you want to figure that one out but but that's the only way this is going to work I even went to the extreme in the very beginning of our relationship and said no no kissing because I felt like it was going to lead to other things the man was not for that he was like I can I can try the no sex but I literally cannot not kiss you I was like okay compromise we can compromise we got that okay okay (laughs) um but for me I just didn't want to entertain any of the atmosphere so we didn't do any sex thing um I'm terrible at it to this day anyways um and then you know we didn't practice no sex so when me and we had marriage counseling we talked about sex he was just like you know Brandon has repressed a lot of what he's used to so when you guys get married it's like a shift you guys gotta like see what his sexual situation is because you guys haven't ever talked about it. And right. we just left it at that. Like, mm, we'll talk about it. We'll I feel see. like, yeah, we'll see. I feel like Brandon was more eager to talk about it um, than I was eager to talk about it. Um, and I'm learning more about myself now through counseling. Um, I am just, unfortunately, like, I like the idea of sex a lot. And I love having sex with my husband. However, like, for me, the desire to do it often just isn't there I don't know me and my therapist is still working through that like what where did that come from right um but like for me when I think of sex and I don't know if it's because of how like you said past traumas I don't know if it's how sex has been presented to me throughout my life as far as like being introduced to porn super early in my life um my parents never really talking about how I can please myself um you know never talking about it prior to marriage or whatever the case may be. Like, I don't know if these things played a part in it or it's just my normal makeup. I've always dated people that have been long distance. So I've always been able to put sex in a box in a time frame. And it's like, I can ant myself up for this weekend because I know this weekend I'm going to see you. And that's our expectation. But when I see Brandon every day, I can't box that in, unfortunately. Right. Um, For me, unfortunately, not for him. Um, so I have to, when I think of sex or when sometimes when he presents sex, I think of it as performance. I'm like, mm. I got to get all sexified. I got to say the right words. I got to caress his body. I got to, I got to be in the moment. And I'm always, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always thinking about his reaction. I'm like, mm. is he going to feel like I'm into it? Is he going to know that I like it? Um, and that boxes me into like taking me away from the moment right. or that like paralyzes me before the moment even happens so like yeah so I'm working through that and I don't and I feel like that might be a thing that I was talking about there she's like it's not uncommon for people to have that issue 
Um, she said it's because a lot, it's very, it's not talked about enough that right. that can be a situation for men or women. She's like, you're not the first person to have this conversation with me either. Um, so she's like, it's something that you can either work through. We learn, work through as far as like coping mechanisms or it's something that um, is just how you are. And we just have to accept it. And your spouse just has to accept it. And you guys just have to figure out like what will work for you guys moving forward. But that's something that I'm working through. And I think that some part of that is the same way you were explaining, like, what is a moment that you're creating and identifying those moments? Because a moment for Brandon and a moment for me are completely different. Right. His moments are very romanticized. My husband grew up in a house, a single parent household. He, his parents got divorced very when he was very young. So he was raised by his dad. So he never saw a successful um, marriage work out where two people work together. So a lot of his ideas of sex and relationships come from TVs, TV shows and movies. So it's very romanticized. So he wants the romance of it all the time mm-hmm. in order to, that those are his moments. Right. For me, I saw a very functioning relation, household relationship. But even with that, my love language is acts of service and quality time. So you doing the dishes is so attractive because I know I don't have to do them. It's one less thing that you have to think about. One less thing that I have to think about. One less thing that means there's space now for you to now space. think about. You have created a, a space. Oh. You have created a moment for me to you think have. about. Exactly. And um, now sex might look different because now you're thinking about it because you did the dishes. Exactly. So for him having that conversation, like I'm like, yeah, if you did the dishes without me telling you to do the dishes, because that's another part of access service that people right. don't think about. Do if it. I tell you, I'm I, I'm like my mom. If I have to tell you, I might as well do it myself. There's yeah. no need for me to tell you. If you, we live in the same household, if you see the dishes need to be cleaned, just clean the dishes. Especially if you made the dishes, clean the dishes. So, um, access service is mine. So anything you do without me telling you makes me like warm and fuzzy inside and want to do stuff um quality time if we are cuddled up in bed like he he thinks it's so weird but sometimes a really good hug for me is like oh <laughs> you like did something now you oh. <laughs> i'm like oh yes yes man those, it's like get rub me in those arms boy <laughs> hold me a little tighter but for him he's like it literally was just a hug, Jada. Like anybody could give you a hug. And I was like, yeah, but your hugs well, are different. Everybody is my husband. Though. Exactly. Your hugs are different. So it's super simple things that can make me in the mood. But then like, because I have this, I, I don't know if it's a mental block or my natural, well, we're still figuring that out. But for now, my block is like, even when he does those things, I still have like my next thing's like, oh, he wants sex. <laughs> Am I ready to perform? <laughs> Man. Yes. And that's a big awkward part that I'm like coming to terms with now. Like I have, I feel like we have talked about like our frequencies and stuff like that, which is also awkward because I don't think anybody thinks about like how often you should have sex to maintain your, that maintain your spouse's like, right levels that was another question that I put up on my Instagram um is I forgot if it was satisfy or does making your spouse happy the same as pleasing your spouse Mm. and 
the only reason why it came up was because to me, I strive to make my husband happy, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not the same as pleasing him. So making him happy, I'm alive. He's happy that I'm here. He's happy that we have our son. He's happy we have a, a clean house because we both keep it clean. He's happy because, you know, God's blessed with the job, things like that. He is a happy person and right. I contributed to that happiness. So if I do that, if I contribute to that happiness every day, I feel like I'm doing my job, right? But pleasing him is a different level, For sure. like, which is his sexual pleasure. How am I meeting that? I feel like those two subjects are completely different. I can yeah. make you happy, but I'm not pleasing you. So there's two separate things that aren't connecting here. Right. Um, and figuring out what pleases him and how to maintain that pleasure for him is where we're working through. Because I feel like, like you said, talking through that, that's the only way we're going to get there. And from our discussions, we learned that I have something that's impeding that for myself. Like, it's not even him. Like, it's for myself. Like, even if he wasn't, if I wasn't dating him, I feel like I still would have this issue with someone else, unless they're like me who also has this issue. But for me, if I'm not, my issue, honestly, when me and my last therapy system session, it came to a head with like his initiation versus my initiation. Hmm. If I initiate it, I'm down for the plan. I think it's because <laughs> I already know how I'm going to make it happen. So I'm not, I'm in the mood and I already know how I'm going to make it happen. Where when it's him initiating, I'm like, oh, I'm cut off. I don't have a plan. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a plan. How is this supposed to go? Did he, does he want it to last long? Does he want it to be short? Are we having a romantic moment? Like, I don't know what you're right. going for. You know what I'm saying? So that's what makes it awkward because like I'm trying to feed off of your vibe as well as think about how I'm supposed to respond to it and then now we have a son so I'm like it's napping how long do we have until he wakes up um I'm sorry you guys parents that can do it while the child is in the womb and awake good you have a special power <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it I'm sorry I I'm not made for that I just can't. I don't do even it. have kids, and I know that's not going to be my ministry. That's just not my ministry. It's not my moment. So I feel like awkward sex is definitely the only way to overcome awkward sex is to talk about it. And that is an awkward conversation because it seems it's society has put it out there that once, especially in the Christian community, once you get married, all the bells and whistles and stars and, and everything align, and you are guy, you guys are just going to bang it out, and it's going to be the best thing in the world and there's never going to be a problem or anything like that and there are problems there are and they're not all bad like the problems that you guys are facing you are digging deep and yeah. fixing like foundational problems traumas that you guys didn't even know that has been following throughout your life you're For fixing sure. that in order to fix an issue that society says shouldn't be a problem which is sex right. like right like society picks like it's a really unrealistic picture and like like you said so with Brandon like watching those movies and it's just like you see these movies and it's just like it goes from one moment and it's just like all of a sudden like one of my favorite movies is Love and Basketball and there's this scene with uh, Sanaya Latham's character her and her guy are talking right and then all of a sudden like it's like this tension and all of a sudden like you want coffee yeah I want coffee so they're drinking coffee they're having a conversation to go 
let's have sex now. And then they go have sex. And it's just like, it's not like that. And then there's another scene where it's just like, it gets all hot and steamy and he, she gets pushed up against the bookshelf. And I'm just like, that don't happen in life. Yeah, and not I've lived my entire life thinking because I thought that's how it worked. I thought we're going to be sitting on a couch and it's just like, you look at me, I look at you. And then the next thing we have it's sex. No one talks about you the You see me, I see you, we see each other. Right. And no one talks, yes. talks about the in-between. What happens in-between? It just happens. And it's what just happened like, to my startup? You know what right. I'm saying? Exactly. I, mean, I feel like exactly. that's, a, that's another misconception with movies that they misbetray. Women need a startup. And unfortunately, our startup is mental. If yep. we mentally aren't there, we physically will not be there. If you that catch so me mid di- dishes, I mentally was never even there. Okay, <laughs> so I was mid, okay trying to because in reality, when you wash the dishes, you're picturing how you're gonna put these dishes in the dish rack. So now you have to figure out how which dish you're gonna wash first, so that the dishes come. So you are there. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't because no you in way. the middle of that pot. I'm in the middle of that scrubbing that pot. I ain't got time to think about what we about to do anywhere in this house. If my hands are wet. <laughs> <laughs> my hands are wet. My hands. <laughs> so like, yeah, like movies don't portray that like, and, and another thing for us to be mentally there, I, like I also put up a question like last year about would you, would you wait to have sex before marriage? And a lot of people said no. And I, I, those people that said no, I replied and asked why. And a lot of people said that they have to find out if they match each other sexually first before they get married. However, for me, like we're talking about with sex, the movie scenes put you in are, are showing a perfect moment to happen. Okay, mm-hmm. you guys, for sex to be amazing, you can't be sick. You can't be depressed. You can't be stressed. You can't be anxious. You can't be worried about anything. Uh, you can't be tired. You have to be in the, you have to be in a perfect moment. Perfect moment. For sex. First of all, it's a very vulnerable moment. So you have to have no worries, no doubts, no fears, no concerns whatsoever. And that's and why then- the honeymoon is is different because the honeymoon is the perfect moment. So that's why during the honeymoon, we was getting it in during the honeymoon. But then we came home with like, Sir, I just worked all week, okay? I didn't clean this, this kitchen about five times. I now have to clean the rest of the house because I didn't get to it this week. And then we got to get our cars detailed and the guy's got to mow the lawn and break the leaves and get his workout in. It's just like, there's so many other things happening. So to me, when people say they have to figure out if they meet each other sexually, I'm like, you do realize mm-hmm. you are predicting your whole life off of a perfect moment like like a perfect moment that had and you're looking for repeatability of that perfect moment so what are you doing to contribute to this perfect moment that part and not factoring in that life happens so now you're expecting it to be like this all the time and newsflash it's not going to be no not a not a chance so yeah it's like a perfect moment and then let's if I, I read somewhere about I read somewhere with a statistic on how how much of our life is spent having sex. And I can't remember the number, but let's think about how much time in a week it takes. Our sexual session, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I know everybody wants, you know, 
a man that can go all night long, but sorry, my cardio level is not up there for all night long. Okay. And my body just don't respond to all night long. Okay. I need breaks and breaks mean days. Okay. We're not talking about hours. All right. Um, <laughs> so like, so this session, you know, my ideal time for a session is from start to finish. We're talking like 20 minutes is my average. If we could get 20 30, if it's like, if we're in a good moment, we are well rested. <laughs> 20 minutes, start to finish, I'm your girl. Thank you. I do not need anybody that goes on all night long. It's not for me. It's not my ministry. Women that's out there, good for you. Good for right. you. Listen. So on. if I'm taking 20 minutes, maybe three times a week, that ain't, yeah. that's, an, that's an hour out of, out of my week. Out of, I spend 40 hours at my job. That's a lunch break. That Come on, y'all. You going to base if you're going to marry this person off a lunch break? Come on. When you put it down like that, that's wild. That's, that is wild. It's crazy. But society makes sex to be this big thing that like you can't live without. And that's another thing that I feel like is a problem that contributes to awkward se- sex. Nobody teaches self-control. I feel like, at least for men, I I give it, I say that only for the fact that growing up, I have learned to control myself to a point where I am paralyzed at figuring out what I do and don't like for myself. Because, you know, it's like a sin to masturbate. So you can't discover yourself. It's a sin to, you know, uh, have sex before marriage. So I can't try it out. I can't try it out from, try out stuff for myself. But then for men, I feel like their their um, upbringing is like you gotta get it out, you know. Don't bother yourself up. And then with that, like they now don't have self control, so it's like they need it all the time. And then for us, we're like I'm still learning myself, and I my body just you know I don't I don't even know what my drive would be like because I haven't really I've been suppressing it for so long that either it's not there or it's low, so. Now we have no control. There's no, and then now the male has to re-engineer themselves. And I gotta give it some women that can do it multiple times a day, a week, whatever, more power to you, but they don't have self-control either. So then you have somebody, you have self-control and then you don't even know yourself. And then, you know, you guys haven't talked about anything and you just have this magical expectation that everything's gonna work out. You guys, it's awkward. Sex when you're married is awkward. It is. I, I, I hone in more on sex when you're married than sex in general because I feel like sex in general when you're dating and you live separate lives and you only meet each other up on the end of the night or on weekends or whatever. It's different. It's different. It's totally different. different levels of expectations. I, honestly, I feel like there aren't any. No. Like, I've only had one one night stand that repeated and so but even in that the first time there was no expectation he came in to the party think he knew what he wanted and I had no idea that's where we was going and then and then it happened and I was like okay that all right now yeah. what right we gonna use again all right bet and there was no expectation like there was no there wasn't a need for discussion but like you said earlier when you're married 
your desire is to make your spouse happy. Your desire is to please your spouse. So now there's a whole nother level of pressure of like, bro, this is no, if I don't like it, we done. This is a, if I don't like it, we got to figure out how to make us like it. Yeah. How are we going to make it work? How are we going to work? How am I going to meet you where you are? And you meet me where I am? Because it's a whole nother level of vulnerability. Like for me, knowing that I have, that I've been struggling to overcome this mental block that I never thought I had. Mm -hmm. um, I just figure, you know, maybe we try this stuff or maybe we stop doing this or maybe we try this or maybe we do this or maybe we do that. Like that, that was what's going to help us sexually, right? Like that's going to solve all our problems. But it's like, no, I have to accept you. You have to set me baseline. And what is that? What is our what is our ground level of our natural selves? And that's what you guys are figuring out by going yep. through those past traumas. Like, what is what is Lexi without this burden? What is yep. Daniel without this burden? What is Jada with understanding who Jada is? What is who is Brandon with understanding who Brandon is? And then now you have to relearn yourselves as parents. So now it's now it's not just who is Jada and Brandon. Now it's who is mom and dad. And how are mom and dad communicating physical affection and preparing to display uh, positive intimacy to a child? Like, yeah. how does that look? You know what I'm saying? If dad is making a move and mom doesn't respond well, does that teach them to not make moves? Man. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's things that I'm working through because I'm like, I don't always want to respond negatively, even though my right. block is performance. Brandon has told me multiple times, sometimes I just want to hold you. When that comes with a kiss. I mean, you have a nice butt. I just want to grab your butt. Like, your boobs <laughs> are huge right now. I just want to broke your boobs. Like, what's I'm wrong? Trying to see what that be like? We ain't had these before. We got new toys. Yeah, we got new toys, girl. I'm trying to take it for a ride. You feel me? I already put my deposit in. I've been making payments for a while. <laughs> That's so true. And what's crazy is our society has tainted our body image, right? So I am 50 pounds heavier than I was when I met Dan. Because okay. of COVID and laziness. And my mother-in-law loves to bake. Hey. Let's just be real. Love to bake. Hands. And let's just learning what it means to cook. Because my mom used to cook all the time when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to Charlotte when I was 10. She just stopped. So all I know <laughs> is eating. Throw all the pots away. We're not using them anyways. Right. Ain't no point. And so now, because I realized when you turn a certain age, um, your metabolism changes quickly. Um, cause 28 for me today can't be what my mom was when she was 28. Cause my, my mom was 28. She had me, I was seven. So she had a seven year old. I couldn't imagine having a seven year old at this time with this body. And so, but Dan loves it. But for me, I'm just like, bruh, my boobs is doing things. My stomach is doing things. My butt, it's all blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, right. clothes don't even fit, Lord. What am I supposed to do? And my husband's just like, hey girl. How you doing? And I was like, no, yeah, I don't like, like this. And he's like, ha, I like it a lot. <laughs> Girl, who are you telling? Like my boot, my body to me, to me is not my the body that I that we got married with. Like my boobs are at abnormally large. They're 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 just hitting people at this point. I don't <laughs> even know it. <laughs> and then my stomach, uh, you know, it's it doesn't, it's not as flat. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I, little, I have a little flat. He won't say it's a flat. Nobody else says it's a flat. I think it's flat. My butt, you know, I never thought that I would miss having a big butt. 
Brandon still says it's there. Society still says it's there. It ain't the same set a cup on it, but you feel me? I feel it's like it, it I feel like it lost its oomph. You know what I mean? <laughs> it it lost its oomph and transferred to my boobs, and I don't know how to redistribute everything. <laughs> But luckily, we have husbands that love us through all of our transitions. Come on. But it's still awkward on our side. Come on. So it's like another discussion. Like I tell Brandon all the time, like I love, I'm so thankful that I have a husband that just loves me through all of my crazy phases in life. And like, right. especially through girl, learning like my own low desire for sex currently and like what that means and, you know, really taking time to zone in on that. And it's my desire isn't that I don't feel fulfilled or I don't enjoy sex with him. I love having sex with my husband. He is very attentive. He's very loving. He's very caring throughout it. So it's like, it's all about me type of sesh. And he has no problem with that, you know, and he, you know, he vibes with whatever mood I go with. So he's, it's, it's not a him thing. It is a me thing. Um, and we're just trying to meet in the middle. Um, but to overcome that awkwardness, I feel like you got to talk about it. You got to yeah. tell them you don't really, you're not really feeling your body right now. So I even, but you know, you also have to find that balance of like, okay, he appreciates it. So I can't shoot him down every time he right. acknowledges this body that I'm still trying to learn to love. Right. But I have to be vocal. So you understand that like, if I'm not feeling it, it's not a you thing. It's a me thing. And I'm still working through the me thing. Um, which is important because they're not mind readers. Like, so. And we expect them to be without realizing that's what our expectation is. Like, and that's where this communication comes back for Dan and I. I'm just like, oh, so when I think these things, you, you can't hear them? <laughs> you sure? You're not, you ain't catching that thought. You, 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 I, I sent you the wave. I, I looked at you with the eye that, and it's like, no. Like we did this exercise last week where we went the whole day being together but without talking. The only way we can was able to talk was by nonverbal cues. Interesting. And it's one of those things where it teaches you the importance of communicating with their spouse nonverbally. Mm. Yeah. Because um, we don't often realize the importance of that, but our mentors have been married for 20 years. They've been together for 22. Mm -hmm. And she, like they're so like their ability to communicate non-verbally is so strong she can uh at church she was having a moment with uh some of the people on our prayer team mm -hmm. and then he came and all he did was touch her back and she knew it was him it was yeah. one of those how jesus was like who touched me and the disciples like jesus there's a lot of people like no but that's wow but like that's literally what it was for her and she was like it just came from the 20 years of us learning how to communicate non-verbally that's wild. Um, because without realizing it, we communicate with our spouses. But because we haven't learned what that communication is saying, we're assuming if I do this, you should know what it means. Like, no, let's talk about it. Yes. Yes. Let's have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's so important for a takeaway from anybody that listens to this podcast or, or watches it. Communication is key to overcome this awkward sex. One Awkward sex exists. Most of us are in it, but don't want to talk about it. We ain't have a problem talking about it with y'all because me and her talk about it all the time. But all we time. thought that y'all should join the discussion because it's important. Um, because again, in our generation, we have a lot of Christians that are getting married younger and younger. 
with quicker amount of times of engagements and quicker amount of times of courting. And I feel like it might be because you guys are rushing to have that sex and the sex is good. We all love it. It's great. It's fuego. You guys are going with the right goal in mind, but the wrong mindset and strategy to get there. And you have to communicate with that. Um, in a, it comes with a lot of patience. It comes with a lot of time. She's three years into marriage. I'm going on my fourth year of marriage and we're still working this out. And it's not that we love our spouses less. It's not that we don't enjoy the sex that we have. It's not that we don't want more good sex. And it's not that our lives are too busy to have said sex. It's just that we're missing each other by not talking about the things that we really want. We're still trying to maintain that happiness and pleasure at the same time. But with that comes a lot of communication, comes with a lot of patience, a lot, a lot of grace on yourself and your spouse. Um, so yourself, like, most importantly. Yes, well, self most importantly. for yourself is so important because we don't all know what we're doing. No. And, and I, I mean, we, I feel like a lot of us know what good sex looks like because we felt it before or what it seem, what it can be like to have sex at a higher frequency because we've experienced it possibly before. But with that person, you probably haven't had that. And that's because you haven't figured out what it's like with you and that one person. And you got to, because if you're married at this point, that's all you got. That's all you, that's all you should have. If you have more than that, you need to pray and repent and talk to Jesus about it because you, Jesus gave you a one in one. Okay. So it's one, one, one in one. Okay. One in one to make one. Come on. Okay. That's but, it. Yeah. So, I mean, Lexi, thank you so much for being honest and vulnerable. Um, that's this is what this podcast is about. We are just having honest conversations about each other's walk with Christ and how other people can join in on the conversation. and talk to other people about it, pick your brain, think about it yourself, share it to somebody that you might think be, it might be helpful to have that same conversation with. Um, but thanks Lexi for, for having sure. this convo. I, I think you might have to be more than just a random guest. We'll talk about that later because this, this Bob is lit. You know what I'm yes. saying? This Bob is lit. I love um, it. <laughs> Peace. See ya.